Welcome to The Cool Down Room with your host, Sky Upshaw, an F1 podcast where we talk all things formula. Today, I am with a very special guest. I'm with Scarlett Archer. Scarlett, thank you so much for being with me here today. Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So I'm Scarlett Archer and I'm 15 years old. I'm from Sheffield and I've been doing a little bit of work for F1 for about the past year now, but mainly I work on a show on Sky News and um, Sky Kids called FYI for your info. So it's presented by kids for kids and it explains current affairs in a way where, you know, us kids can understand them because we're going to be the futures, you know, we're going to be the next world leaders possibly. So it's really important that we understand. But you know, I've had some amazing experiences with F1. I got to go to the um, Hungarian Grand Prix in Budapest, which was amazing. And I've been doing lots of different bits of, you know, commentating and interviews. It's just all been so exciting. Yeah, so you've had some amazing opportunities, not only in F1, but just your whole life so far. It just seems full of, I don't know, just incredible opportunities. You've talked to some incredible t- people. Uh, you do a lot of interviewing yourself. And of course, you've been to the F1. And I know that myself and my viewers, uh, like listeners, We'll all be so interested to hear about all that because I think it's amazing that you're you're 15. You're awesome because you're going to not only are you going to F1, you also got your, you know, work at Sky and everything. But you're going to the F1, doing all the interviewing and talking to drivers and, and really interesting people. And you do it amazingly. I love watching it when Thank you're on you. the F1 Kids channel. I love it. It's so good. It's so professional. You ask all the right questions. I feel like I know everything, everything I need to know once you ask them. So it's perfect. Um, so I guess I want to know a little bit about what's your sort of experience like when you go to the F1 as sort of a young girl going into the environment. Is there anything that you like really like or is there anything you like not so sure on? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been like so positive. I think that, you know, F1 is something that's always been kind of, you know, more like towards like boys and males so I think it's really amazing that I can be there to kind of be like an advocate for girls maybe in racing and you know all that and I think that it's really great that there's somewhere where people can go because you know I remember the first time I watched F1 I was like so confused there were like so many words flying at me I didn't understand what anything meant you know just cars zooming everywhere so I feel like you know F1 Kids describes it in a really like fun way but it doesn't talk down to anyone but my experience has been amazing I mean I've got to meet literally all the drivers and it's been so exciting. I had the opportunity to sit in Vettel's car. And I think commentating was definitely like, you know, the most challenging part for me because, you know, I can't think that quickly when it comes to like all the key terminology. But my favorite bit has got to be the whole like trophy gate situation because in Budapest when I was filming there, I didn't see it because I was like just leaving the commentating booth. But um, when the like um, trophies were being presented, Lando Norris got like some champagne or Prosecco and he knocked it and it completely shattered the trophy. This trophy that had been worked on for hours and hours, you know, spent so much money on it, just shattered it. So in the like little commentate, like the, like the question bit, the media pen, that's what it's called. I was stood in there interviewing all the drivers and then someone said to me, oh, Lando broke Max's trophy. So he came around and I was like, what happened with the trophy? And he was like, what trophy? And I was like, Max's trophy. And he said, I don't know nothing to do with me and I was like I think it was to do with you he's like I broke the trophy trophy and I was like how did you break it and he was like happily and then I was scrolling on TikTok the next day and I kept seeing it pop up and my friends were sending it to me and I was like oh my gosh because in the moment I was like oh that might be a bit of a silly question to ask 
but it like went everywhere and I was like oh it's exciting I loved that one as well because I kept seeing that video it was ever it was all over my few page and everything on TikTok yeah. and all that and I thought it was just so good like because mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the commentators I don't know you kind of um they almost like hold back in a way you know what I mean like they're kind of you know they've got to ask they, the right like, they have like questions like technical questions and I feel like the really exciting bit of F1 is like all the stuff around it that's the bit I love I like the actual race but there's so many laps and there's only so much you can really say but like the lead up to it getting to know all about the drivers is just so exciting to me and it's like it's like a whole event almost you know what I mean absolutely I totally agree because a massive part of F1 it's not just about cars going around the track because mm -hmm. the the cars going around the track is really exciting and amazing to watch but you've got these drivers who have big personalities you've got these teams that have big personalities and I love seeing them kind of before and after and, and hearing their thoughts on things and they'll have great friendships and then there's also you know there's moments they don't have great friendships and I yeah. love love seeing that so yeah I thought that was a great a great little conversation between you and Lando there I was really it was just it was fun you could see the personality in it which I loved another but another thing that I absolutely loved doing was um I got to do some pit reporting with Ted Kravitz and yeah. it was crazy like I know that it's loud there but I had to have like these in-ears so I could hear like the directors talking to me then some like ear things on top and then these like massive ear defenders and then they hooked me up with this like massive it was literally like those things that stick out the top of a car and I'm walking about waiting for my interview with this like literal like satellite Aerial. coming yeah. out the back of my trousers and I'm walking about with it and I'm like what is going on here oh and then God. it finally gets to my interview and I'm like almost falling over with all this like stuff weighing me down but it was incredible like the cars being that close to them like they're so loud that you can like feel it like inside like yeah. you know, like the vibrations that was just so yeah. cool I mean I can't even imagine having that job and I was like Ted I think it's about time that you switch to an iPad because there's this crusty old notebook for all his things and it's yeah. like Ted's notebook an iPad yeah mm. absolutely I think it should be Ted's iPad not Ted's notebook <laughs> yeah, I uh I have to say being in the pit lane I was at Silverstone last year and just there as, as a as a watcher as a fan I went and did the pit lane walk and they mm. were doing uh they were doing pit stop uh practice and I mm. I've, I've obviously I've watched F1 for years I know it's like but I was not expecting it to be just that intense yeah. loud it actually scared me quite a lot actually when when it happened it was amazing yeah. to see up close and personal the cars are huge up close and personal as well mm -hmm. uh, and it's so exciting that sounds awesome yeah because Having... when they're going around the cars don't look very big and then when you see them you're like okay they're actually quite large and then because I got to sit in Vettel's car and it was like oh it was amazing it was like being in like a, a dentist chair you know like you like lie back it was quite cozy I could go for a little nap in there yeah I could do I love that so you've obviously you've met like Vettel you've met all the current drivers and everything do you have like a, a favorite moment with them I know I mean Vettel he sounds seems like an amazing guy uh a huge inspiration an incredible driver of course like what was your experience meeting all of them well I mean it was quite like it didn't feel real because like you see them on the tv and like they look a certain way and when you see them and they're actually there it's like crazy like I remember in the media pen Fernando Alonso walked in and he was literally like a movie star he walked in like all cool he had like his little water bottle and I was like so he much. looks like he looks he seems like one of those like super villains in a movie that like walks in but with Vettel it was just amazing like he was so like down to earth like we had like a 20 minute long interview and he came like an hour early just to like say hi his wife was there all his kids and what he's doing is because he was um racing at like the Goodwood Festival of Speed oh. and he was using like a synthetic fuel because he wants to change like the future of racing because it's quite like a 
like you know it's not very good for the environment which is I think it's good that they've changed like the race schedule like the race calendar now so it's like regionalized which I think is like a really good thing because you know there's so many different like people to get over in all these different countries so I think that's something that was really amazing that he was doing because as much as he loves the sport he's identified that you know it's not great for the environment so if he's trying to find like alternatives and they work just as well then I think that's something that's really important but of course I liked meeting Charles Leclerc my favorite driver oh absolutely i i'm sure i can imagine up close in the flesh yeah i yeah. Uh, i always see the tiktoks of all the the fangirls making that make that <laughs> all the fangirls make of him and i'm like all right right yeah i had um in budapest i had an interview with george like one interview because i had like individual ones in the media pen but then i had one with george russell um alex albon and lando norris and oh my gosh they were like three little naughty best friends at school they were that. just like joking with each other and then yeah. I had like a question it was like a joke question at the end it was like what animal would you be and they were all like um blah blah would be a chihuahua and then blah blah, blah. And they were like really thinking about it like seriously not that it's a joke but but they were just so funny like all together and that's like the bit I love because yeah. they all like you know have such good friendships with each other and it's so funny to see that they're normal people I know I, I agree with that so much because when you do watch the, the, the racing it's so competitive there's rivalries yeah and- you know, and at the end of the day, if a driver sort of hits another driver, there's going to be, you know, rivals there. Mm-hmm. And But they get off the track and they're just friends and they just chat. Like, normally yeah. I'm always sort of kind of in awe of, to be honest, that they can just get past things like that so quickly. And mm-hmm. so I definitely agree. But yeah, meeting Sebastian Vettel sounds amazing. I think he's an amazing advocate for all of the kind of eco side of, I mean, everyone mm-hmm. is eco and so i think he's bringing that into it which i love i really respect that uh, of him but moving into a little bit more of like news in f1 we'd maybe talk a little bit about what's going on because of course we've had so many things happen in the past what week two weeks uh, which have been completely insane i think we've all it's gone a bit mad with the whole silly season moment hasn't it but it yeah. started a little bit of course um touch on Andretti not getting into F1. So obviously they applied for an F1 team as the 11th F1 team, which I think odd number, you know, that's unfortunate, but could have been really good for the sport. And now of course he's been rejected, which or the whole team have been rejected, which I think is interesting. And it might, it could be a bad thing for a sport. It could be the good thing. I don't know. What's your opinion on it? Do you have any opinion on it? Well, I don't, I don't think it was very fair. It doesn't seem like there was like a big, like decision-making process it kind of seems like it was put forward wasn't thought about and just like shun away I think that he deserves to have a team there you know I think that it was quite unfair and I feel like it should have been thought about more like it doesn't matter if there's like it's an odd number you know I think that another team really could have added and I would have been really interested to see where they would have ended up this season you know would they have maybe challenged Red Bull would they have you know challenged Mercedes been up there I think it would have really added and you know added to the whole like season so I think that it was kind of disappointing that you know it just wasn't really talked about a lot like it kind of seems like the idea was pitched and then just kind of maybe covered up with something else or like just thrown away and I think it was unfair to not really and then this surprise news of um, Lewis was kind of just like plonked at us at a really random time. And it all just seems a bit confusing to me, I think. Absolutely. I totally agree with that because I think the whole Andretti thing, it was kind of pushed under the carpet in a way because we didn't hear anything about it. It was sort of news. And then all of a sudden, here's Lewis. Oh my gosh, he's moving. And you know, like coming out. But I think Andretti's team could have added a lot to F1 because as you say, 
there's a lot of question marks on whether they could have done well and started challenging the, the higher up teams. I mean, it would have been their first year in F1. Uh, I'm not sure if it was it was going to be 2026, wasn't it, when when they'd come in? Yeah. I think they could have brought something new, even if they were the, one of the smaller teams in 2026. Looking on forward, they would have, you know, lots of improvement, I'm sure, investments and sponsors going into F1 as well, which I'm sure would have made it into a, you know, a, a good yeah, team. I think they would have brought, like, a form of excitement because we don't know. We don't know how well they could have done. You know, they could be new, come in and just really, you know, get up there and be challenging for those other teams. Or they could start at the bottom and, you know, slowly work their way up. It's just so, you know, like... We don't know, but I think it really would have added something if, you know, there was a bit more of like, they considered a bit more about them joining. It just doesn't make sense that, you know, it kind of just seems like there was no like thought process. They kind of just said no and then, you know, yeah. brought out this other shocking news. Yeah, I know. Definitely. I also think having an 11th team, uh, it would have brought on two new drivers. So, of course, we would have had 22 seats open, yeah. which obviously could have opened new opportunities for the youngers, the younger, mm -hmm. like, but anyway, yeah, that's something. And then, of course, Big news, really big news, is of course Lewis Hamilton after eleven years uh, with Mercedes moving across to Ferrari. So, what do we think of that? I have very mixed opinions because my favorite thing has been the Charles bromance. I absolutely love Carlos, Carlos and and Charles together. I'm so I'm gonna be really sad to see that go because I love it. I love all the edits on TikTok. I absolutely <laughs> adore it. When I think of Ferrari, like at this moment in time, I think of them. And it was just, it was shocking. Like I wasn't expecting it. And I mean, Lewis, I know he's not been like the happiest at Mercedes. He's been complaining about the car like the last season. So I think he really wanted something that would like, you know, show his abilities. But mm. I mean, I don't know. I think it means that for George, he's really going to be pushing himself. He wants to be the future of Mercedes now. And he's going to be pushing himself and working hard. Not that he did, didn't last season, but I think they need to find someone that will really work well with George. A, switch, a straight switch with Carlos, that would be good. But I was thinking maybe like Fernando Alonso. I feel like that could be an interesting one because yeah, he has a lot of experience. And I think him and George would like make a good team. I mean, the one that I would really love to see would obviously be Vettel, but I don't, I have a feeling that's not going to happen, but I yeah. think that would make like an incredible season if Vettel came in. I Vettel and George in the Mercedes, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I, definitely, I want to see Vettel's return. Definitely, I'd love that. Yeah, but and I was thinking, I mean, like, I think Oscar Piastri has been doing so well, and I really think that if he was in the Mercedes, like, I think he would just do exceptionally and I feel like he'd just shock everyone. Another person that would be interesting would be Alex Albon because he did really well last season and him and George are like really good friends. So I feel like that would be interesting, but I don't know if that will happen. No, I, I agree because Fernando Alonso is probably, if I look at it right now, I think what's most likely and Fernando, there's a big part of me saying that's really likely actually that makes so much sense, but there's also the other part of me like, I don't think Fernando Alonso will do that. Like, it's quite a... Yeah, it's so difficult because you just don't know. Like, so many different things could happen. And it's exactly. it's just so, like, there's so many different things. Yeah, I think we're going to find out a lot of talks and all this stuff over the year. I know, of course, we've just found out that Alex Albon had so-called been offered uh, a contract with Red Bull, which mm -hmm. is very surprising. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, of course, that will obviously take him off the table for Mercedes they've got to start thinking I was also thinking of Kimi Antonelli who is the F2 driver or, or will be F2 driver that mm -hmm. he's part of the Mercedes junior drivers uh, um, mm -hmm. completely gone 
team and uh he's yeah he's done really well he's won like five different championships over the past few years mm-hmm. all like f4 related and he's going into f2 yeah. this year and so i think maybe if he does really well they could look at him coming into the seat but then yeah. he's 18, 18 obviously for, for next year so mm-hmm. there's options there. it's just there's so many different possibilities that so like i just really want to know who they're going to pick and i think that I think George is really going to do well. And I think whoever he works alongside with will, you know, work well with him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I think George is a really good driver. I think he he's really strong. He's got it in him. I think he needs a good pairing because if he doesn't have the right person besides him, I think it could, in a weird way, I think he could fall apart slightly because I don't think George can hold it all on his own. So I think mm-hmm. he really strong teammate that he can trust that Mercedes can trust that they can really work together but I think he's absolutely a winning driver and looking at a championship in the future uh mm-hmm, I agree. He's in the right car so yeah it's, it is really exciting we've got so many things to look forward to but of course we've got Carlos out of the seat in Ferrari and so as you said a bit earlier maybe he could go across to Mercedes wouldn't that be awesome a full switch but I don't know if he would go over there because I'm not sure if it's his kind of team. Um, but there's a lot of options for him. But I'm getting a bit worried. That I maybe- really hope that I really hope he gets a seat in the season because I think he's like an incredible driver. And I think it would be really like a waste for him to not be there because he's got like such good skill and he's been doing well. So, you know, if he doesn't get a seat, I'll, I'll be really disappointed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I agree because he, he is such a good driver and he brings a lot to f1 as you say like when you think of ferrari i do think of you know the ferrari boys you know um smooth operator absolutely yeah smooth <laughs> operator that was on all my playlists when that went bad like, i love that song now so when you of course you're planning to go to some of the f1 this year uh to go and do some commentating and go and see it everyone um do you think you would like ask the questions to like lewis about ferrari or do you think that this year lewis is going to be focusing entirely on mercedes and then looking on for net like in 2025 but then moving on to ferrari does that make sense yeah i think because he's still, you know, with Mercedes, he's going to want to leave on a high. So yeah. I think he's really going to, you know, be giving it his all. But I think if I saw him, I'd ask him a couple of questions about Ferrari, because I think we all know that he wasn't, as I said, too happy with the car. But I want to know really why he wanted a change and what he thinks that Ferrari can give him that maybe Mercedes couldn't. Because, you know, I think there's quite a lot of frustration with him, you know, not really winning last year. So I want to know what he thinks that Ferrari can give him. But I feel like he's really going to be pushing you know, to get to the top, just to leave Mercedes on a high and, you know, make them all proud because, you know, despite him leaving, he wants to, you know, make everyone happy, make everyone proud and show what he can do before he moves on to the next thing and, you know, does some more great things. No, exactly. I think Mercedes at the end of the day, they've been so good for him as, you know, they've got him, uh, what, six of his seven world championships and um, they've they've been there to support him from, from his first day at Mercedes. So, He's going to want to owe them, you know, a good year and, and push as hard as possible. Mm-hmm. That is what he is all about, isn't it? So as he move in, moves to later on in the season, maybe he's going to start looking at, you know, uh, how yeah. he's doing and all that. But yeah, I think it, it it sort of confuses me a little bit why he's moved. But at the end of the day, I think... He's, he's won so many things at Mercedes. So I want to know exactly what he thinks Mercedes, Ferrari can give him that, mm-hmm. you know, Mercedes can't. Maybe it was like he fancied a new teammate or something or he needed like 
you know, a better car or he just felt like he would do better there. It just seems like a bit, in a way, a bit random. Like I know he complained about the car, but I didn't, I did not think he would move. Like no, I really didn't. No, no, me neither. Not at all. No. And I think I saw, uh, was it, was it Fernando Alonso in an interview years and years ago, he said every driver wants to go to Ferrari. Like, world championships are the number yeah. one but going to ferrari is like a childhood dream and so i think apart yeah. from the lewis thing it must be something in relation to you know it's his childhood dream to be a part of the red team and so he's now mm -hmm. going to be able to fill that you know fill that shoe and, yeah. and drive in the red car um i yeah. can't have him in the red suit like i can always see him in the I, white can't. I was thinking about that I, I think it'll be interesting to see him in red but like I don't think it will suit him, just saying. I don't know. I don't, I can't imagine it. The blue, I see, but then I can't imagine him in the red. I can't imagine him in red or orange. I could never imagine him in like McLaren, but like the blue just fits him, I feel like. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think the um the red, I, we just don't ever see him in that colour, do we? But I think, I just can't, in my head, I can't, I can't see him in the red. I know it's all these sort yeah. of AI generated and all these photoshopped photos of him in red. <laughs> I'm like, they're yeah. real. Like, we need to just be patient and wait, uh, wait for the for the you know him to actually return. Mm -hmm. That actually leads us on really well into like all the car liveries. So I don't know if you've seen the recent car liveries that we've had. Obviously, the teams are now releasing the car designs or the suits ready for this year. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to get a little bit more of an opinion on what you think of each of the teams that you've seen. Mm -hmm. So uh, looking at, I don't know which ones you've seen, but looking at like McLaren, for example, they released theirs mm -hmm. uh, a few weeks ago, actually, just as like a little, here's our livery. Um, it seems that all of the teams have gone very carbon related. Of course, the, the less color they have, the lighter the car is, of course, that makes sense. Yeah. And having exposed carbon was kind of Mercedes thing. They kind of brought that in first. It was really clever. And now they're all copying. I know, yeah. So now all of the cars have ended up being very, very black, which I don't think is a bad thing, but a lot of them haven't bought in it, bought in that colour. So McLaren, for example, it what used to be an incredibly orange car is now mainly sort of 70% black, a hint of With white. hints of orange, like here and there. It's like little bits and then a lot of logos and all that. And I was looking at the new uh, Visa Cash App RB uh, livery. They've released that today. What is that name? What I, is that name? Visa I don't know. Cash App RB. Imagine, imagine sitting on an interview saying, hi, I'm Sky Up Short and I drive for Visa Cash App RB F1 Racing Team. I'm like, no, that, that's, that's insane. <laughs> looking at their livery, it's, um, it's really bright. They've gone full blue, full white, and they've got some red in there. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Just because it's got like minimal black. It looks, to me, it looks fresh. Yeah. Like compared to all the other cars, it looks just like completely redesigned. Like the other ones, they have like the same ideas as before. Like yeah. for example, like Alpine. I think that one looks quite similar to me. But Alpine, I was so excited for this pink camo. Yeah. What's happened Where's there? the pink camo? Yeah. Where's the pink camo? It looks I the same as before. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> but I feel like the Visa Cash App RB, like, at first glance, you might think, oh, you know, my thing is a bit boring. But then when you compare it to all the other cars, it's so different compared to all of them. It feels like so fresh. It feels like modern. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like, oh, like a breath of fresh air. I absolutely agree. Yeah, because it's not, the livery isn't necessarily amazing for, for the Visa mm -hmm. RB um, car. That's a mouthful, that is. Um, but you can I call it VCARB. VCARB. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, VCARB. 
I can't even say that. It's like it's like <laughs> a. I um, but yeah, looking at the other cars and then comparing it to the VCARB, I like that. Um, I think it looks great just because it is colourful. I think Ferrari is probably our only hope now. Looking at them all, I think mm-hmm. it's bringing quite a lot. I know they've hinted a bit more white, so I'm really hoping they've just stuck with red and then gone. I like. I think. The steak one is really interesting I with so. the green. Mm-hmm. It really stands out. It I does. think that one's quite cool. Yeah, I mean, they've still gone for the black, but they've got a really, really, really bright colour. Like, really bright. Yeah. It's like neon. Proper neon, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, to be honest, I quite like it because, yeah, it's the black with the neon and therefore it, it pops mm-hmm. out really well. Um, I think the Haas one is a bit, it's a bit boring. Like, it's just... That, yeah, the Haas kind of, they've gone for the same thing. And then they've mm-hmm. actually they've gone for it's very different, but it's it's what they had last year, but just every every color has swapped to like either white or black. So wherever yeah. it was before is now black, and wherever it was black yeah. before is now white. The Visa Cash Up RB um livery, and obviously that all came out, but they've also got their racing suits because of course all the racing suits have been released mm-hmm. and they've gone like for an all white kind of white. They look like credit cards to me. Oh, I like that. Yeah. They could be actually. I just thought of that then, but like they could be like little two credit cards in, in the cars. I like the cars, that. like the the cars, the payment machine, and then they're the little credit cards that just slot in. I love that because it is Visa Cash App. That's what they are. Yeah. They are the credit cards. Yes, I like that. I I now now that you've said that, I agree. Definitely, they look like credit cards. Very very white. Very white. Um, we've had obviously McLaren. They've gone for an orange at the top and black at the bottom. But they have. Have you seen theirs? They've got like a, like a, like a. It's a line like a diagonal line which I goes from the orange them. to the black. I'm not keen. I'm not sure. It sounds it's, like asymmetrical, like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It like it's nice, but it also I don't know. It make it makes the hip part of the suit a bit weird. Like it. I don't know. Anyway, cool. look it up later. I'm not entirely sure. The house have got like, it looks like a sort of bib, I think. It's all black and it's got like a white kind of diamond shape, <laughs> which yeah. might be a little bit weird. Williams have gone all yeah. white. Williams have gone all white and they've got the My Protein sponsor quite big in the middle, which is oh a bit weird. Um, That's so, interesting. So looking at this year for you with F1, uh, before we talk a little bit about your sort of other, other work stuff, but um, with F1, I know... You talked to me the other day and said that you were going to some of the uh, races this year. So is there anything that you could tell us like a little bit before that? Is there anything that's kind of like you're excited for or anywhere you know you're going to or anything like that? Well, I know that I'm doing seven of the Grand Prix this year. I don't think I'm going there for them, but I know I'm doing the commentating for them, which is really exciting. Um, the one that I really wanted to do was the Monaco one, but I have my GCSEs right in the middle of it, so I can't do that one. But the one that I'm always interested in is the night races, like the Las Vegas one. I think oh. it's so exciting. And it's like so exhilarating to be sat there and it's like getting, uh, you know, dark there. Like the energy is still there even when it's dark out. And I yeah, love all the night races. And like, like how it, in Vegas it's on the strip. I just think it's so cool. Yeah, definitely. Imagine having a race at midnight. I just think that's really cool. Is there a I race? Honestly, is oh yeah that honestly I would too I'm I'm not a late night person uh is there a race that you like want to go and visit one day or go and see is there like a favorite of yours well I'd love to go to the Monaco one I think that would be amazing definitely the Vegas one and I was thinking the Abu Dhabi one that one would be so cool 
yeah and I mean since we're in England I feel like I have to go to the Silverstone one definitely yeah Yeah. which ones did you actually go to like in person I only went to the Hungarian one um so I went to the Hungara ring in Budapest but I commentated on the Singapore one and the Abu Dhabi one yeah then I got to visit Silverstone um to see um Vettel yeah Vettel's car and that was really cool no it, it sounds amazing like all the experiences going there and everything yeah I'm very envious very envious of the whole thing <laughs> yeah you said also that you obviously did a little bit with Vettel to do with like the Goodwood Festival do you think you can see yourself doing any other sort of motorsport events or commentating like in the future I definitely I I, I definitely think so I think it would be amazing you know anything to do with motorsports I'm hooked now you know go-karting I had I had a go at go-karting as well and it was so exciting I don't know how they do it because I was like I'm not going to put my foot on the brake I'm just going to go for it and win and I have to put my foot on the brake I have yeah. to I was like swerving off I did crash a couple of times yeah. but it was fine but I mean I'd be open to do you know all types of you know reporting and presenting I mean I got to speak to Susie Wolf about um you know getting more girls into f1 for her discover your drive and that was really cool it was for f1 academy and it was amazing to be able to you know talk to aspiring you know race car drivers that are female and hopefully one day we can get a female in f1 so you know that was an initiative all about getting more girls because there are there's literally slim to none like female f1 role model role models like there's barely any girls in it so i think it would just it'd be a dream come true for me to see a girl in f1 in the future yeah, I definitely absolutely agree. I think what Susie Wolf is doing is incredible. I'm sure that was amazing talking to her. What was your experience like with, with with talking to Susie? Yeah, well, it was just incredible because I kind of went into it thinking that girls didn't really have a shot at it. And mm. after speaking to her, I just, I felt so positive and I realized that you know, girls can do it. Like, it makes no sense to think that they can't. The only reason why they might be at a disadvantage is because they start, like, racing later than boys because of the lack of, like, role models. But it was just such a positive experience and it was just amazing to see so many girls having a go at a sport that usually, you know, isn't, like, marketed towards us. So it was just, like, so positive to be able to talk to her. And it was, like, it was such an honour to be able to speak to her because she's such an amazing woman and, you know, she's an amazing, like, racer. And then, you know, the fact that she's using like her platform because, you know, she's quite well known and she's using it to be an advocate for something like that. I think it's just great. Yeah, I definitely. And I think you've made a good point with the sort of young girls getting into it uh, and not having the role models, because you look at a lot of like young kids, as in young boys, and they might look up to people like Lando Norris, Lewis Hamilton, you know, in the UK, in other places, you know, around the world and look at their kind of nationality drivers and really aspire to be like them but I I definitely agree that girls you wouldn't say oh I want to be like Lewis Hamilton necessarily when I'm older because girls don't have the same you know they can't relate in the same way at all yeah to a boycott so I think you made a really good point in that they can't they don't necessarily have anyone to look up to and therefore when they are young they don't get into it as as young because they're not right you know really wanting to so yeah I think yeah, there definitely does need to be a bit more of a woman role model in the sport because I think more and more women are coming into it. But I'd love to see, as you say, in the in the future, in the near future, I honestly, I really do hope in the near future we see an F1 driver uh, yeah. who is female. But, but even in, in like F2, I know, of course, the F1 Academy is a, is a huge sort of uh, area for, for women to go to. But 
having a woman in F2 would be amazing just to see yeah. her in, you know, almost at the top would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but soon to come, hopefully. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, moving on to a little bit more about you and your personal work, not necessarily F1 related, because of course you've had a very busy few years, it seems, but yeah. last year seemed really busy for you. You do a lot of commentating and work for Sky, particularly the FYI uh, Sky channel. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more about what you do and maybe how you got into it as well? Yeah, so I've been doing acting and like commercials and things since I was really like young I started off doing stage productions and then in lockdown I was like finding it really hard because I couldn't go on auditions I couldn't you know be filming things so I was doing these Shakespeare plays online so you like get a script you meet with all these people and then like you learn everything you have some like rehearsals and then they go out on YouTube like live and I was doing them and then Sky noticed that I was doing them and they asked me to do something called a video diary so like you film like the process of it and that went out as like a little report on Sky News and then um I emailed like the producer and I was like we've just gone back to school after lockdown and it's freezing in all the classrooms we're not allowed to wear our coats and the windows are open and all the teachers are like bundled up with their hot drinks and scarves and we're here shivering so I did a whole report about that and then the producer phoned me and he was like yeah we're gonna um you know give you like some reports um to do in the north because I'm from Sheffield but we're probably not gonna have you in the studio that much and then I went to like film in the studio once and I now I film in the studio every week but my first job was interviewing Boris um, introducing Boris Johnson to a press conference and I was like oh my first job okay that's That's exciting I'll do it (laughs) yeah Yeah, but since then I've just been like um interviewing my favorite thing is to interview politicians like that's my favorite thing because as you know a younger person I can get away with asking some cheekier questions and you know not get in trouble but I film in the studio every Wednesday for the weekly show and then I do other reports in the week I just finished doing a whole documentary about gaming addiction, which I thought was really interesting and really important to um, talk about, especially, you know, like the changing technology, like there's new games coming out every day and people don't realize how much of an impact it can have on your life. But one thing that I, I did that I think has got to be my favorite and it was like, just so eye-opening to me was about maybe two years ago now, um, when the war in Ukraine first started, I went to the border between Ukraine and Poland and I did a whole documentary about the war in Ukraine. And that was just so eye-opening to me because you see everything about it, like you see it on the TV, you see it on the news. And then to actually be there and like, you just feel helpless. Like there's people, there were people my age, there were people like younger than me with their mums. And like, when I film, my mum takes me everywhere. And it was just like, it was so like hard hitting and I just, I couldn't imagine myself in that position. So that was something that like, you know, really like, hit me but like it just shows like the range of things that you get to do in this industry that I'm always like so thankful for because you know I get carried away like I just memorize scripts and I go and I do it and then sometimes I'm just sat there and I look back and it's like I'm just so thankful for like you know all the things I've had the opportunity to do because you know it's sometimes hard missing school especially near my GCSEs but I could never get the experiences that I have like anywhere else because it's not just learning about them it's actually being there meeting like these people and you know like going through these different things that people you know you can't learn that no not at all and I definitely agree because you're when you're in the world you just you see and hear and talk to so many people and that is knowledge you know massive amounts of knowledge that you won't be able to learn in school but hearing the stories of where you've been and what you've accomplished and I've, honestly I'm inspired like massively I think what you're doing is amazing 
and you're really good at it like really really good Thank at you. it well, I think what you're doing is amazing like it's such a smart thing to do and I remember when I first properly started to learn at F1 like learn about F1 your videos were the only ones that I actually wanted to watch because you explained it in like such a good way like you don't talk down you say the facts but you don't like make it so confusing that you don't want to listen to it like you know like so much and it was literally like I'd send them to my mum and then my mum started sending them to me and it was like we'd just always be watching your videos and it's like I told all my friends and it was just like such a good place to like get the information because it's like you're so reliable for the information but you make it fun but still like you know informative so I was like thank you it was like such amazing place to help me very kind of you thank you I, I really want to be, you know, moving into F1, bring bringing more people into it, letting people understand the sport. And because it is all really confusing. Like, honestly, yeah. it, I've been watching it for years. I still get confused a bit and I just want to learn about it and make sure everyone else understands it because it is confusing. But yeah, honestly, I can't thank you enough for, for talking with me today on the podcast. Thank on the you. Podcast. Uh, I really hope for the best for you and everything. I'm sure we'll catch thank up. You maybe but um yeah last question before I mean I know the whole season has not started yet but who do you think is going to have the world champion this year okay drum roll I think okay I'm gonna say Red Bull okay I think Max Verstappen but I have such high hopes for Lando Norris he's been so close to winning you know Grand Prix I think he's going to have a really good chance. I think that McLaren's going to be up there. And I really, I hope, no, I'm going to say Lando Norris. Lando Norris, my final guess. Because I, I, I love Lando Norris. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we all do. He is always brilliant, isn't he? I uh, I definitely agree with that. I'm with you. Thank you so much. Honestly, thank you again, Scarlett. And I'll speak to you very soon. Thank you so much for having me.